how are you? Great, how are you? Good. Um, can we please get a cold, medium, green tea with salted cheese? And a cold, medium, black tea with cheese. Regular sugar and the ice? Yes, please. And do you want pearls? No pearls. No pearls. 10, 6, 10, 1. Undead it, please. Thank you. We're very excited to try this. Sunday, Monday, happy gaze. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gaze. Thursday, Friday, happy gaze. They're best chums. Let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Happy gays. These gays of ours. Hello, welcome to the podcast. This is Ashley Fair. And I'm Jared Hagland. And we are gay best, best friends. friends. <laughs> well, that was different. Yeah, well. You gotta try something new every now and then, right? <laughs> Well, welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, this is this is our second episode out in the wild. Yeah, this week we actually started telling people about it and pushing out our Instagram and everything. So thank you to everyone who has jumped on board, listened, and liked, and followed all, us on Instagram. Yeah, done all the things. It's been very exciting. Turns out we're gonna be huge in Italy. That's what it seems like. I think it was from when we played the Italian Christmas donkey song. I think that really connected us. To the Italian audience. I have to say, I didn't know until you told me that was a specifically Italian thing. Oh yeah, it's the Italian Christmas donkey. Yes, they do say that. In the yeah, song. they do say that. <laughs> but we already got invited to their pride. Um, I'm assuming to host something. The details are still coming. So uh, my family, one side of my family is Italian. Uh, but pretty much all, I know how to say Happy Easter in Italian and Mangiate Italiculo, which means eat or else I will slap your ass. So as long as we figure out which words are the, like, eating or else part, we have slap your ass and we are ready for Italian pride. Say it all again. Mangiate, talaculo. Mangiate would be Yeah, that's definitely the eating. Or. Oh. I also may be bastardizing it. But no, that's, I mean, I took Italian in high school. It was oh. forever ago, but. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. We got slap your culo, so we're good to go. Here we come, Italy pride. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> we had so much fun last week. And we didn't want to have to do the library scheduling thing. So we have decided to keep our mic. The original plan was return it for a refund uh, after last week. But we're going to keep this microphone. I think we need a name for it. It is, it's an intimate object that is between you and I, Ashley, mm-hmm. that we are both close to with our mouths up against. It's, it's really, it does the heavy lifting of this podcast. So I think we need a name. The best one I could come up was Mike, which... After thinking it was slightly funny, I realized it was horribly uncreative and not funny at all. And the only name I came up with is Blue because it has a blue logo on it. So, so I think we need some ideas. Despite the fact that we spend so much time with this mic, it has not given us its name yet. So perhaps we need your help, dear listeners. Yeah, let us know what you think our mic should be named. Send us an email at gaybestfriendspodcast at gmail.com or... Send us an Instagram message and let us know what names you think we should use and we'll put it to a vote in the future. And it's okay that we didn't know its name, Ashley. You can be intimate and not know names. It's all about the feelings. (laughs) So I've hardly talked to you this week, Ashley. You've just seemed that you've worked in all the night shifts. Yes. We usually chat. So you've just been at work. How's, How's it been? It's been great. It's funny. I realized actually just yesterday... That I've never worked in an environment that was so hetero. 
which is funny. Like, not that I've worked in a lot of workplaces that have just been all the queers, Mm -hmm. but it's always been a little more, I don't know if it's open or just more opportunity to have those conversations. But in a retail warehouse environment, you spend a lot of time just moving things around. It's the warehouse. The warehouse is very butch and straight. (laughs) Uh, And I made a friend, which was awesome. And we talked about the Golden Girls and we talked about some musicals and other things. And I just made the assumption that this person was queer in some way. It's a pretty good assumption with Golden Girls and musicals. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Um, and they're su- they're 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 great. And I just I felt like we had this unspoken connection. Like I'm queer, you're queer. This is we're buddies now. You were using the subtle hints of the yes. Golden Girls and musicals <laughs> to communicate your the gayness. And then they said, "I must be the only straight man who loves the Golden Girls." And the fact they identified as straight. I was just like, oh. He may be right, though. <laughs> he may be. Maybe he hasn't discovered more yet, or maybe he just knows. But I, I was very disappointed to find out he was straight, which is such a funny feeling. I don't know. Do you ever get that I, feeling? I get it, though. It's like it's this unspoken connection or bond that just then just kind of like drops off. Mm-hmm. It's like your secret code goes away or something. Yes, exactly. That You've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Next! <laughs> uh, if only everyone was, was queer. What's funny, though, is there's another person in workplace who I also thought was possibly gay. And now that this other person has said that he's straight, now I'm just like, is this person also straight? And I just don't know. And those aren't conversations we have. So. Well, have them. I guess that's <laughs> awkward. Not awkward, but. We don't have breaks together. So, if it's, you know, it would be a weird conversation, not a non-break time. Okay. I'm sorry, Ashley. Breaking news. It's like they heard us. Italy just commented, all of Italy just commented on our Instagram again, once again, inviting us to come to Italy for a holiday. Italy, uh, Italy's ready for us. Let's go. Viva Italia. The gay coworker thing. Yes. Uh, so I kind of had the reverse side of it. So I deal with my work a lot of emails and conference calls it's one of those kind of office jobs Mm -hmm. and so i've been talking to this guy about something for a while emailing you know normal shit and then recently we're on a conference call together and hearing him for the first time my ears tweaked and i'm like oh i think he's a sister i then probably spent a good 40 minutes social media diving into his background confirmed yes quite cute uh, teach a spin class. Oh, wow. He must have a really strong ass. Culo. Cool. <laughs> strong culo. Strong culo. And do you feel more connected to him now? Very much so. I feel like we had a special, then like, this, this special code thing. I felt we were on a different, a different plane than the others. I don't know how it works for you. And it's been a while since I've been in a workplace where it's not like, I've had some different jobs, but they're all kind of in the same world. So I know mm-hmm. a lot of the people and they know me. But all that weird, like, gray area when you go into a new space with a bunch of new people and you kind of, like, you're looking for those moments to maybe, like, drop that you're gay or queer. Because in my head, I'm not, like, I'm, I, I don't know how I come off, I but I bet a lot of people just can tell. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say. Right? So, I like, currently with my hair, probably, it's a little gay. It's an interesting thing that I think, like, I don't think my family necessarily 
would ever experience something like this. And I think a lot of straight people we know don't understand how how much we think about how we interact with the world around us mm. in those situations. Because yeah, same. I will talk about my partner or even now, right now, I can just say my fiance. Fiance, unless you're writing it out, has no gendered, it's, it's not a gendered word necessarily. Yeah. It's kind of a safe way to talk about your partner without having to say, I'm gay. Sometimes you have to drop it in a way that's like, not, uh, so the one, the situation I'm thinking of, I was so proud of myself in, for some weird reason, I was at a rib competition. So first of all, super butch (laughs) in a rib competition. And I was starting up a conversation with someone from another rib team, this woman, and she was, she insisted that like we knew each other from somewhere, that there was some connection. And I never met her from Adam. We chatted. It was a very nice conversation. And then at the end of it, she asked for my number in case she put together where we knew each other from. And I, for some reason, as I gave her my number, I'm just like, just so you know, like I'm gay. Because I thought she was like asking for my number number. Right. And she just heard of me. She's like, yeah. and i felt i thought i was being so smooth but no didn't pass (laughs) Uh, it would also be easier if the straights hadn't like commandeered the word partner i agree and i think this might be a contentious issue for some of our listeners because i've had this conversation before Mm -hmm. and i'm okay with it being contentious I've had this conversation before with people where they think that everyone should use the term partner because it um, regulates it. It makes it less. Less about gender. It's like we don't care. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think they stole the word. Like we used it because we couldn't get married. So we couldn't say uh, like it would never be husband or wife. Yeah. So we had to use partner. And now they just use it. Now people just use it if you've been, like, seeing each other for six months. Which is also ridiculous to mm-hmm. me. Like, I mean, okay, you you can get married for six months or whatever. Like, I don't really care. And so I guess the importance of the word and time doesn't have to correlate. But yes, I agree. People use it so easily. I think because some people might view it as a more mature way of saying boyfriend or girlfriend. Because I, kind of, I kind of understand that. Boyfriend, it feels... Boyfriend or girlfriend. Exactly. Exactly. And they're like, it's not just that. They're more than that, but we're not married, so who are they? And I I get that. Maybe just find another word. Like we came up with our own words. Yeah. You I've heard use often, and I really like, and I'll use it when referring to others sometimes, because I hate the word partner now, um, as their person. Oh yeah, my person. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that is Yeah. Because a partner also just sounds, a partner sounds so formal and like takes the romance out of it. But yes. saying their person just feels so loving and connected. I, 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 lo- I, yeah, I stole that from you, but I love it. Oh, well, thank you. I never, <laughs> I didn't realize, it's funny. Do you ever have words that you don't realize people pick up that you use and suddenly someone else, like this just happened and I didn't know that it was spreading? I'm assuming people repeat and colloquialize my sayings all the time (laughs) i can't think of any but i that's just a common assumption in my life (laughs) (laughs) sorry weird thing to then ask (laughs) i'm down with it so i think more people should adopt person i think that's a great one i think you've solved society's problem thank you you got a privilege
All right, Jarrett. So. So. What you watching slash listening? So what do you which? So what you watching slash listening slash reading slash putting in you? <laughs> that? Yeah. This week, me and Zach started The Masked Singer. If you don't know, it's this show. I don't even know what it's on. It's on TV. And it seems like one of those futuristic type shows like Running Man or something where people are going to die in the end. Like that's the vibe it has. And it's these celebrities done up in elaborate costume characters like like a rabbit or a unicorn or a pony or a frog. And they perform numbers. So they sing, do some dancing, but we don't know who they are. And they get once they get eliminated, they take their costume off and we all get to find out who they are. So the excitement of this show is they give you clues and you get to try and figure out by their performances and their clues who these people are. So it's a multi-week competition. So yeah. it's not like, so every week you find out who someone is once One they're One person gets kicked off, they okay. take their mask off. It is insanely riveting. I didn't think I would like it. I thought it would be like Dancing with the Stars, you yeah. know, kind of like a stupid trashy show. And I'm sure it is a stupid trashy show, but it is so enthralling. Mm. Like me and Zach already have bets on people we think. I'm winning one of them. I know for sure that I've won one of them. And the online interaction with people guessing and stuff is fascinating. They are Some people are so dumb. I don't want if you are into the masked singer and don't want to hear this, turn it off right now. But there is one, and the clues were most of my career has been listening to other people's stories. I've recently gone through some personal tragedy, and I forget what the exact wording was, but alluded to the movie Crybaby. Rosie O'Donnell. No, you, you said that just to make me mad. Some some of the internet thinks it's Rosie O'Fucking Donnell. It's Ricky Lake. It is Ricky Lake. It has to be Ricky Lake. And if nothing else in that show, I will now watch it for 12 weeks just to make sure it is Ricky Lake. <laughs> um, it sounds amazing. I love, I just, I, I love shows that incorporate so many, um, so many things and, and so many people. Like someone has to do the costume and the makeup mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that. And that's like, those are efforts that don't get a lot of applause outside of their own yeah, industry. Yeah, their own worlds. So the I costumes love, are fantastic. I I have seen ads for the show and have been interested just for the costuming. Yeah. Oh, it sounds they can, great. They can have better judges. Who are the judges? Jenny McCarthy, and I think she knows it's Ricky Lake, so I respect her. Uh, Ken Jong, Ken. Mm, the the doctor guy. Yeah, from Community. Yeah. Which I wanted to like him more. He's not. I think, and I'm sure this is the balancing act they have to do as judges, is make guesses while not, like, giving them all away. Like, if they were all being super serious about it and not being judges, they might, you know, know half of them, be able to figure them out. Yeah. But they gotta kind of play dumb. Um, And the playing dumb really turns me off about them. But Mm. I I think that's just part and parcel of what they have to do. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be hard. Yeah, but I haven't gotten into a good kind of trashy reality in a while, so it's it's neat. Mm-hmm. I love some good trashy reality TV. Yeah. I spent my whole week thinking about it. Like, it just gets in you and stays. It's fascinating. Well, I am watching Top Chef, which I think is, like, the opposite of trashy. Please patronize and go. Padma is, like, the best host. Yeah, she really has that presence. I don't even know. What did she do in life beforehand? I think she's a chef. No. I'm pretty sure. She, she is not. She knows her food. I'm going to look it up, but I am 90% sure because she makes food for them. 
When does she make food for them? Every season she does a big, not every season, but every couple seasons she does like a big dinner for the guests. On the show? Yeah. Like we see this? Oh, she's an author. Well, who is it? Wow. American author, actress, model, television host, and executive producer. She's also married to Salman Rushdie. Debut cookbook, Easy Exotic, won her the Best First Book Award at the 1999 Gourmand World Cookbook Awards. Also the title of her sex tape. <laughs> nuh So I guess, I guess she's not necessarily a chef, but she has published a cookbook, so she's not like a trained chef. Yeah, occupation, model, author, actress, television host. She is great. That's what the, about the one thing I don't like about the Canadian one, is I wish they still just either had Padma do it, or at least... Just, like, dubbed over the actual host whenever they kick someone off with. Please have your knives and go. No way. I love Eden Grinchpan. I think she is so kind. And also, I think that she's a great host. And I almost find her a bit better because she has had her own cooking show and is a little more immersed in the culinary world than Padma is. Padma just is a better Uh, host. Yeah, she's just got this. She's got that Julie Chen vibe. Yeah, like they just, I was they hold just, their ground. I was just gonna say, American TV has overall really good hosts of these shows, including Julie Chen. Julie Chen. What's her? What's her what? Mastiv. Her husband's last name. Oh, um, Nunez. Oh yeah, Julie Chen. Nunez. 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 She's okay. coming back for Big Brother still. That's shocking. I am so happy she decided to do that. I was really worried that we'd lose her as a host. Totally. But like, have we, this is like, we're missing a lot of information for the listeners here, but I'm into it. Has she spoken further on this? Like, hasn't... When it first came out and he got like, let go with a severance package and all that, she spoke out and said that she supports him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she said anything since... Since he was, his severance package was taken away and he was like confirmed, fired with cause. Yeah. So like, she's a great host, but I just have a hard time. Hey, I'm sure with what he did, he ruined enough women's careers. Like, does he need to take down Julie Chen? Does Julie Chen need to be a victim in all this? Ooh. (laughs) Is that controversial? Well, comparing how, I mean. I'm not comparing the victim. (laughs) I'm just saying that he fucked up. I don't think that it needs to hurt his wife's career. True. I think she has the right to continue. It was a little bold of her to start using the last name when it all came down. So I'll be interested when Big Brother Celebrity Season 2 starts next week if she still uses the last name. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Also, not to get into it, but if you've seen the cast list for Big Brother Celebrity Big Brother Season 2... Like, the biggest name is Julie Chen as host. It's a <laughs> sad array of people. Yeah, it's not great. No. I'll still watch it, but... Oh, me too. I'll... For a little bit. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see how Lindsay Lohan's mom does. I really also hope that eventually on Celebrity Big Brother, Julie Chen goes in the house. She has to. She, but... ha- she would be so good at the game. They would have to do games that she doesn't know. Like, the competitions. Yeah, they make new ones enough that I feel... Okay. And also, anyone that watches, like, you're going to have to hold on to something for a really long amount of time. You're going to have to find things and run up ramps. Yeah, she like, would just be a version of a super fan. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, they should do her up in, like, some crazy, like... So no one knows it's Julie Chan? Yes. And go into the regular Big Brother? Yes. <gasps> or Celebrity. Oh no, because then who is the Celebrity? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't quite work. Well, same right now. Who are they? Well, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
you know who has a new we didn't even i didn't even talk about top chef completely but uh, completely you didn't talk about top chef at all <laughs> please pack your knives and go this week we actually have something that we put in us we tried cheese tea today yes we did we placed our order which you probably heard at the beginning of this episode uh jarrett ordered the green tea and i ordered the black tea one we went with Regular sweetness, because we actually, since we haven't tried it, we didn't know. I didn't think there'd be any sweetness. Well, she asked regular sweetness. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't hear that. Okay. Um, so let's walk it back for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Downtown Vancouver. Lovely sunny day. Beautiful day for January. It seemed like nothing couldn't be tasty. It was such a nice day. Mm-hmm. We walk to Happy Lemon. Is that Happy what it's Lemon on Robson Street. Glorious. Very clean. Very nice atmosphere. Very cute. Yeah. Adorable. Over this past week of thinking about cheese tea, I'd kind of gotten myself stoked on it that I would actually enjoy it. I went back to what you were saying about cheesecake. And I'm like, yes, it's going to be the cheesecake with some tea. It's going to be good. So first sip, first reaction. What did you think? Mmm, it was so good. I didn't mind my first sip. I thought, okay... Sweet, cheesy, salty. I was shocked at the sweetness of the tea, but apparently that is just me not being a good listener. That being shocked oh, about but that. But also, sorry, I didn't even finish that sentence though. We we didn't know what it was gonna be like, so we didn't adjust the sweetness anyway. Yeah. So like, there was no way to know. If you went not sweet enough, it could have been awful too. Oh, I'm sure it would have been awful in any situation <laughs> that it has tried. It just it got cheesier the more I drank it. Like at one point. You're going to take a sip and the smell of cheese just hits your nose in such an unpleasant way. It smelled like it should have been orange, first of all. Uh, They also sold it as like a foam. It was not a foam. It was a thick cheese. It was was a cheese foam. It was not a foam. It was like thick cheese sauce on top of that. Have you ever foamed cream cheese? Yes. It's thick. No, you have not. (laughs) But I can imagine it. I've made cream cheese icing that's not as thick as that. Because it's not because it's not a lot of cream cheese and cream cheese icing. Yeah. And that would have been much more pleasant. Okay. It smelled like the cheese in the little like containers with the breadsticks or the crackers that you mm-hmm. spread on with the little red stick when you were a kid. Like cheese whiz. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I love cheese whiz. But I don't want to drink it with my tea. It was shockingly gross. And I tried to finish it just so I wouldn't lose the twenty five dollar bet, but I actually couldn't do it. My stomach was going... It was gonna, I was going to hurl. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Don't be sorry. That's why we did it. It was fun. <laughs> well, I'm happy to have won. I enjoyed mine. I did have a sip of your green tea one. And sweetened green tea, not my cup of tea. <laughs> um, like, if I'm having green tea, I want it just plain green tea. I don't even put milk in my green tea. So already... It was a bit much. It tasted kind of like the Starbucks green tea frappuccino. Like, it's just like, it's so sweet. It's kind of, it's sickly sweet. So I had the black tea with cheese foam. And sweetened black tea, I think, is delicious. Um, I thought it was, it was really good. It was still a little bit too sweet. Like, I would probably go 75% sweetness, which I think was an option. So you're recommending this to friends? Yes, I am. I'm really? going to go to work tomorrow and my friends are going to ask me how it was and I'm going to tell them I enjoyed it. I would go with less sweetness. You're not giving them any disclaimer that the other person who had one tr- had to try not to vomit. Well, you didn't let me finish, okay, Jared. Okay, okay. I would tell them the green tea one might not be good for your first try. 
I, I you're really, really hinging it was the green tea. It was the cheese on top no way. that made it unappealing. The other, the other challenge, I think, is removing the lid. Like, I agree it made it easier to drink. But, well, first of all, I don't inhale when I'm drinking. So I didn't smell the cheese while I was drinking mine. It's so odd. I don't think it is. We should put up a poll. We if should you put smell, up a poll. If you, like, as you eat or drink things, you smell it. It's just there. You're taking a sip out of something with a lid. I still didn't inhale. Well, it's not like a... It's not like a big inhale, but like the... You can't avoid a smell. I... <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. I don't like I asked a question. <laughs> I, don't have a re- I don't have a retort. <laughs> well, there, well, there you, you have go. it. <laughs> I give cheese tea a big thumbs down. And I give it a great big thumbs up. Well, like a halfway thumbs up. See, you didn't like it that much. I did like it, but I'm not gonna like be like emphatically like this. This is I will I will drink it in the summer for sure. What, when's your next cheese tea? In when, the summer. When, then, yeah, it's a summer drink. Is that what you decided? I well, it's cold. It was on very a nice cold. Hot day. You want a nice big gallop of cheese on top of your tea. Is that that's what you want? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, but if it was available all over the place, I'd probably have it more often. But I don't go to that end of Robson ever. So. So long story short, I lost the $25 bet because I could not finish it. Which I, I have to say, I do feel bad. And I don't know if you would have finished the black tea version. So. No. I'm glad you enjoyed it. For me, it was thumbs down and a throw up. What are you going to pick? Topics. Can we talk? Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, founder and I'm assuming CEO of Amazon, worth $137 billion, getting divorced, no prenup. Okay, so they've been married for 25 years. They've been married before they were mega rich. Um, While he was the one who like thought of creating Amazon, I guess, she was still part of making it happen she was there for the journey she maybe cooked dinner when he had meetings or like people she do th- helped sorry pack i didn't mean to diminish i didn't mean to and... diminish that but like you support your partner mm-hmm. in in their endeavors in one way or another you're supporting yeah. their life yeah so i think it's totally fair to have the half anyway yeah i think she deserves it yeah my first question is 137 billion dollars do you miss half do you notice like at what point are you so rich you don't notice money going away I think that rich. Right? Yeah. Is there a difference between $65 billion and $137 billion? I don't think it's going to change how he lives his life. Right. It's not like he has to buy no-name brand tuna now. And he's not moving into some bachelor apartment because he can't afford a bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would you ever have a prenup, personally? While Jerrica and I have not talked about signing a prenup, I, I think that prenups aren't, they don't have to be financials anyway. Okay, I'm going to say yes right okay, now. Yes. I'll say what? yes. Because I don't think prenups have to be financial. I think that they set you up at a time in your life when you're the very most in love and the most you most want to take care of each other. So that if things do go wrong, something else is saying what's going to happen if, if things do go wrong. Instead of the ill feelings you might have towards each other helping guide the decision making. I, I don't think that's a healthy time to be deciding how... Assets are going to be 
you're figuring that shit out at a time when you're in love and respect the other person, not yes. when you're trying to take them down and make them dead. Exactly. Okay. I get that. I I don't think I would ever get a prenup. Well, we don't. We don't have one. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not rich. So I kind of go back to, like, Jeff and his wife. Mm-hmm. If... Either I or Zach end up being billionaires. I felt like we supported each other on the journey and half that money's mine. That's right. I like that you think that Zach's the one who's going to... I could see it. He's more <laughs> businessy and crafty. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't think I'm going to make billions. I would get a prenup if I was rich going in and they weren't. And it wouldn't even be to protect my money. It's I want on paper that they're not marrying me for my money. Mm-hmm. To me, that's more of like a statement like, okay, you need to agree that you're not getting any of this. Mm-hmm. And then I'll know, so apparently in this relationship that I'm about to get married, I'm still really skeptical about the person. (laughs) But I I think you should be able to declare that, no, that I'm not doing this just for the chance at your money. Well, you know, that is a storyline on so many sitcoms and other television dramas where someone's getting married and the mother or the father or someone is like, you have to sign a prenup. And no, I love them. I don't yeah. need a prenup. They don't need to sign it. Don't worry. I will sign it because it's not about the money. I don't care. <laughs> um, what if you weren't rich and the other person was? Oh. Oh, I actually hadn't thought about that one. Well, I prefer no prenup. <laughs> See, if I think I was married to someone with $137 billion and there was a prenup that made me not get money. A, I'd never sign the divorce papers. You have $137 billion. You never even have to be in the same country. Like, just stay married. I, yeah, I wouldn't divorce if I had a prenup in that situation. That's actually a very interesting perspective that I also hadn't thought of. And it I takes and, two people to sign the papers. Yes. And it almost... Well, now it feels like... Like, I was like, yeah, prenup all the way. But now, how many people probably stick around in these, like, shitty relationships... I mean, I don't know how people have prenups, but but continue this shitty marriage of some sort just because there's a prenup preventing them from... I'm just making up a whole story about how these relationships are. <laughs> it's a tragic one at that. I know we just talked about it now, but don't you just kind of dream of being rich enough to really have to care about a prenup? <laughs> prenups and diamonds for everyone. Netflix, which everybody loves. I love um, it. Just got another reason to love them. They were going to film a show in North Carolina, a new show of theirs called OBX, uh, a coming-of-age drama. Sounds kind of shitty. But they were going to film it in North Carolina, and they pulled out due to North Carolina's legislation that uh, facilitates discrimination against LGBT folks. Um, So this kind of um, puts a tick in Netflix's corner. I'm wondering, do you incorporate values and these sorts of decisions in businesses that you give money to? Does that mean something to you as a consumer? It means something to me. I don't always research companies before I make a purchase, Mm -hmm. depending on like what it is I'm purchasing. I don't always research before I make a purchase, but if I find out that they are a homophobic company or have homophobic policies or discriminatory policies in any way, then I am more likely to shift gears. There's some where I need more information, mm-hmm. but I will I do that research and look into it and see what the story is, and then I'll make my decisions that way. Um, 
Like, I don't I don't buy Jelly Belly anymore. Do they give money to the anti-gays? Yes, they do. Oh, I love Jelly Bellies. No, sorry. See, and I, I don't think I'm as good about it as I should be. Recently, when we went to New York a couple of months ago, I 100% went to Chick-fil-A. Mm. I never had Chick-fil-A. I hear amazing things about the sandwiches. I know gays who love Chick-fil-A, so I'm like, that's got to be some good goddamn chicken if you're giving it up for your rights. And? Disappointing. Uh, not worth it. Good to know. Yeah, no, Chick-fil-A was not worth it. I would not get Chick-fil-A again. Based on the chicken, not on their values. <laughs> if I find more, I not like more importantly, but somewhat more importantly to me, I think, if I found out a, found out a company is especially supportive of queer initiatives or even um, any sort of diversity issues, then I'm more likely to support them more. Like I try to buy my really good clothes from companies that support. Um, lately, it's been a lot of women of color companies, mm. but but queer as well. Like, yeah, I make an effort to just not shop at places that are worse for the world. <laughs> yeah. I think I like to think I do, but I don't think I follow through. I think it's something I need to get better on. It can be hard. It can also be hard when you're... I mean, first of all, if you're not making a ton of money, it's hard to make those choices because those companies are more expensive. It's a luxury to be able to do that. Exactly. And that's why it's like, those are my good, like my really good things. Like I don't shop at Walmart because they, you know, Mm -hmm. push out local stores. You know, they have a lot of bad practices. Yeah. Um, But there's got to be something said for like $1.99 pants and like great deals are great deals. You can't, I I can't fault a lot of people for having, for doing it. Yeah. I... I mean, I, it takes me, I buy pants maybe twice a year and I, I wear them straight on out. Like I, they, they are holy pants by the time I get rid of them. <laughs> um, and of course I wear them out in the thighs. Um, of course. But the thing is when I have spent money on, when I spend money on brands that are my sort of ethically good companies, mm-hmm. um, their fabric doesn't support my thighs. I have thighs that rub together and they wear out in the seam and within one to two months, I often have to get a new pair of pants from some of those brands. And so I buy my jeans almost exclusively from American Eagle. And I know that they are a company that is like a subsidiary of a company that isn't the best, at least for like the environment. Um... Hey, it's not just and about supporting the gays. You also have to worry about what supports your thighs. What you gonna pick? Topics. Can we talk? Like all the colors of the rainbow, so are the gays of the week. Gay of the week. My gay of the week this week, I'm giving a shout out to Daniel Levy, son of comedian Eugene Levy. So the fifth season of Shit's Creek on CBC is premiering right now or premiered last week. And Daniel Levy is the co-creator and writer with his dad, Eugene Levy. And he is a gay man. In the show, he plays David Rose, a pansexual socialite who has lost everything and now lives in a small town in Canada. So he's reading, you know, he's doing the media circuit right now because the show's premiering again. And he made some really interesting points about his character in the show being pansexual Mm -hmm. and the choices they made on how to address that. And the big choice they made was to not have any controversy or negativity from any of the other characters in the show. And he says, 
quite rightly that a lot of times gay storylines and gay characters are portrayed in a way we see their struggle like we see what they go through in terms of being queer Mm -hmm. and trying to get out there and the difficulties that has in life and they took the opposite approach by showing no struggle no judgment and just kind of being subversive in just how accepted it was even in small town canada that this pansexual exists so first of all to get anywhere near out of the shadow of your father, if your dad's Eugene Levy, and kind of make your own way in comedy and actually get a show out there that is very good, uh, props to him and props for really thinking about queer representation and how he wanted to address it in his show. I think that's so important. Um, I don't know if I've talked this before. I know that I think about it a lot, about how in fiction writing, you get to create a world mm-hmm. that you want to see. So you don't have to have queer deaths or queer tragedy or queer controversy. You get to create a world where no big deal. And I think it's so important to see that um, on TV that in a very popular TV show. I think it's popular. I love it. Yeah, I think it's popular. It's on CBC. Nothing's really popular on CBC. (laughs) Everything's popular on CBC. Not true. I just looked it up. I was trying to find their highest rated show to see if it was Schitt's Creek or Kim's Convenience. And in, like, top-rated Canadian programming, like, nothing on CBC even, like, makes it on the top 20. That's wild. Yeah. We, but, like, well, we like watching American TV in Canada. Yeah. Um, I don't have a gay of the week. Um, I, I just didn't put any thought into it this week. I'm sure I love a lot of queers, but I just didn't think about it. Uh, but I will piggyback off of Daniel Levy. Um, and I love... I love him for so many reasons. I really appreciate the intentional portrayal of queerness on TV on Schitt's Creek. What I when you when you mentioned that he was going to be your your gay of the week, it made me remember in 2017 he also um, just he was also amazing. So he was a he was a judge on the Great Canadian Baking Show. So very Canadian. It's not what it's called, <laughs> is it? It's the Great Canadian Bake Off or Baking Show? No, the Great Canadian Baking Show, which is probably why we had this conversation earlier. We were like, the Bake, bake Off, it's the first season. No. Oh. He was on the Great Canadian Baking Show in 2017. It premiered on a Wednesday of that year. Uh, and a TV critic called the show's co-host... Dan Levy, Faye. I just learned this word with Ashley bringing it up. Mm-hmm. And it, it means, what did I say it means? It means precious. Based and... on the novel Push by Sapphire? No. No. Just precious as in... Delicate? Yeah. Exactly. A little precious? Yeah. Exa- that's exactly it. Um, so they, the TV critic, in speaking of the show, um, he talks about the judges and... He said that these other two judges are kind of stiff and nervous and little winded um, because at any moment they might be overshadowed by the fayness of Daniel Levy. Um, and then he talks to another judge who I don't know anything about, so I'm not going to continue that. Um, but, um, but Dan Levy was awesome. 
and put out a statement on Instagram that said, as a proud gay man being criticized for my fayness, oh, defined by Merriam-Webster as campy and precious, in today's Global Mail struck me as offensive, irresponsible, and homophobic. Um, he acknowledges that criticism is a necessary part of our cultural conversation. He welcomes it and respects it. So he's not opposed to getting criticism for the show, but he notes that um, using the term fey is offensive, irresponsible, and homophobic. Um, but there are many kids out there um, who will read that and question whether their, you know, preciousness or campiness is something deserving of criticism. And he notes that it's not. You are loved for who you are. And it just makes me so happy that he, instead of just being like, ugh, another shitty review or a shitty review if it's his first yeah. one, he was like, no, this isn't okay. And I need that anyone who has ever been called precious or campy or um, too gay to know that it's okay to be the way you are. Maybe it's just the world I live in, but I take it as a com- I would take Faye as a compliment. I know you would. And I guess, so I guess that person, like I'm even giving the benefit of the reporter the way I read it first, was that it wasn't an insult. It's not about whether it's intended as an insult as much as the fact that the term was used, when you, when you use the term campy as well, like it's not a good thing. Even no. though we might like campy yeah, movies, the point of them being campy is that they're kind of shitty. Okay, I get you, know? you. I'm a little more on the path. <laughs> Um, and when you're precious, it's not meant as a nice thing either. It's just like, look at how funny you are. You're so precious. Yeah. So I think it's, and and so I think that's why it was important for him to, and he felt it was important to speak out and say, hey, it's okay if you are. It's okay if you're precious. Yeah. <laughs> like. Based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Kudos to Daniel Levy. And I would be really interested to see what he does after Shit's Creek. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all your feedback and likes and being involved with us. We can't wait to keep this going. Please send us more. Um, we, we're loving the emails, the Instagram comments, the messages, even the personal messages to each of us individually. Um, it's just been such a, such a joy. If you do have any other feedback, though, we do welcome it. We do think it's an important part of taking this, this podcast to the next level. So again, those those places to reach us are gaybestfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can get us at Instagram at gaybestfriendspodcast, which you think we sound pretty? You should follow us and see the pictures. We're pretty cute. Don't forget to like and review us on your listening app. And uh, hopefully we get to see you on our Instagram feed soon. Yeah, I guess we'll see y'all Italy Pride. Hey! No, that was a... <laughs> <laughs> um, what is an Italy thing? Culo! Culo! Culo.